This is the Beard Winner Podcast, episode 13. Hey everybody, thank you so much for waiting. I seem to be saying that quite a lot lately, and I'm just going to be real, I've been working a ton. Um, life is definitely going a million miles per hour. Uh, who would have guessed that with a bunch of states going legal with medical and recreational cannabis that my industry would be booming? That's great. I, I mean, honestly, I'm working 50 to 60 hours a week. It's exhausting. Uh, my mind literally is almost out of bandwidth by the end of the evening, but I love it. It keeps me going, and I guess this is the first time I've realized the saying that when you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. I mean, my brain, my eyes, everything else really seem to tell a completely different story uh, when I get off at the end of the day, but it's really nice to know that I'm on the ground floor of a cannabis company that is literally becoming the king of our sector, and that's amazing. If we're not already the king, I don't know who is, but that's beyond the point. It's been a really weird start to the year. Um, Christmas came and went. Last time I talked to you, I was basking in the glow of 31,000 Christmas lights, and we're probably down to 28,000 maybe, or somewhere in that area, maybe 29, because we went way over 31,000 and took down the manger scene today, took down the other parts that are easy to take down, and it's probably going to take all this weekend if we have nice enough weather that's predicted to come through to take it down, and that's the beauty of it, is it's it's a labor of love, and as one of the listeners of the podcast and a lifelong friend, Jeannie, said, what goes up must come down, and it's 100% true, and we're already planning on, well, at least I am, what we're going to be doing to hang these lights back up and what, 10 months, just over 10, if it's just shy of 11, so what? But it was really cool to be able to give back this year. And this year has been just so transformative for me. I think that in the past 365 days, I've probably grown more as an individual than I've ever grown. I've realized that this podcast doesn't really need to always have a guest. Yes, we're going to get one on here, but I'd like to see more engagement on our social media, and that includes me as well, driving the conversation and seeing if we could get listeners on. Because I want to have conversations. I don't want to have an agenda. I don't want to have a producer or someone telling me what I can and cannot say. Of course, we're going to try to stick to the core foundations of the podcast to stay away from politics and religion and hate. Definitely going to stay away from hate and belittling, denouncing, anything like that that just turns people off. But if I have someone on the podcast and they say that they're driven by a higher power, that's cool. I know. I, I've been there in the, in the position where hearing the word God made me shudder years ago. And I don't know where my aversion is versus my tolerance to hearing that word, but I guess it really depends on where I'm at in life and how I feel that my life is going. And I don't know if I'm alone in that, but it's extremely strange that when you're on a plane 
flying in a thunderstorm in 2015 in China and you've already been diverted and they keep circling. It's not when the plane drops that's scary. It's when the plane just jerks to the right a ton or to the left and drops. And he just keeps saying, am I going to make this out alive? And all of a sudden you start finding yourself praying. And I did. I was crying. I thought to myself, you know, my mom is extremely faithful. And how is it fair to her to lose both my father and I in that plane? if it did go down. So I said a couple prayers and we landed safely in Guilin, China, avoided uh, some civil unrest at the airport because literally there were people extremely angry about the weather in the plane and probably missing their flights and there were some sort of police or military in there and ready to hold people back with riot gear. And my dad can validate that. It was freaking scary. But the point of the matter is, is that we may have people on the show, and I really want to have a guy on the show who has really seen a lot of darkness, a lot of hate, but yet he does extraordinary things, like he gives back to his community. And this is a shout out to my buddy Terry, and I hope to have you on a future episode, and no pressure as to when, and we'll have a conversation about it, but I know that he is a religious man, and I know that part of the reason he still has faith in humanity is because of his foundations of religion and his faith that he invests in that. Like, Terry has been there for some teenagers when they were silly playing on railroad tracks on a, a trestle bridge when he was taking photos, senior photos below it or some type of portraits below it, and these kids got hit by a train. And he held one of those kids as he passed, I believe, or it, it, I don't know if the kid survived. We'll have to get the facts from Terry because I'm just going off memory and that's spotty. But he more recently saved three lives, or at least two. I think it was two to three. And he was out shooting photos, because that's how I know him. He's an avid photographer, and anyone who's looking for an amazing portrait photographer, I'm sorry, my dad and I do not do that. Not because we don't like to do it so much, is that we don't feel like we're qualified to deliver the images of your family in the way that you want to best be seen. And Terry does that. Terry is able to connect with humans. And he's able to have you be natural, not pose in a way that makes you look like you're trying too hard. And I think that's why I want to have him on the show is not just because of the photography interest, but because while he was out shooting, I think it was sometime in 2020 or 2019, we'll have to get the dates together when I have him on the show, but he went into a lake at this time of the year and saw a car after a car went upside down in it. And somehow had beyond human strength to pull these people out of the car. He was given the key to the city of Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, he was taken out to breakfast by that family. He didn't have any of those intentions when he was saving those lives in his mind. And he has a bad back, but he was able to rescue these people. And he doesn't give up on people. He's seen all of this hate, all of this division, and all of this flat out, there's no other way to say it, bullshit. But yet he pushes forward. And I think... That's really what this podcast is really designed to do for me in life is it's for me to check in and I appreciate everyone who's listening and I really want this to grow and want it to be a conversation, but I want you to grow with me in that we need to figure out how to love more and address our ideas in such a way that when they don't fit anymore, we change them. 
And we don't need to hold on to our ideas so tightly, so freaking fiercely tightly that when someone attacks our ideas, they're attacking us. I mean, it seems like, and this is just me grasping at strings and talking out of my ass, but we started going after ideas. And this is me, once again, using my memory. And you can check this, Google it, do whatever you need to do. But I, I recall in a history class in college that I took as elective as an undergrad, and I didn't particularly like the professor, but it did stand out to me with the lesson of how the United States used to go to war. And we used to have qualifications. And those qualifications were, does this enemy have ill will towards us? Do they have the capacity to do anything to hurt us? And do they have the intent to do any harm by us? And there may have been some other qualifications, and that's just me going off a of memory, but that is how we decided whether or not to go on the offensive to police the world, to stop the spread of people killing each other or killing our allies. But then we declared war on communism, and that was the first time we declared a war on an idea. And I don't know if that's really what helped fuel the fact that we hold on to ideas so darn fiercely like patriotism and other things that we don't even really know what we're saying when we say that we are that. Like, what does it mean in 2021 to be a patriot? I mean, it's definitely not being on one extreme or another. And that's really where I want to talk on this podcast. I want to talk to people who I may not agree with. And I want to play devil's advocate and not just agree with people who I do agree with. I want to have civil discourse. I want to take a time machine and back up this truck maybe 30 years to the 90s and figure out when we lost the ability to have civil discourse. I mean, I had one of my best friends in town a couple weekends ago, and he and I just talked about some of the most off-the-wall subjects, and I didn't agree with him on everything, but did he change my mind on some things? Yeah, because he challenged my worldview. He made me think critically about things, and I thought, oh, I'm wrong on that. And that's just kind of an innate human quality or characteristic that seems to plague us generation after generation is we are so darn good at telling each other what to do. And that's why I say we're at a pivotal point in society right now is that I was listening to a podcast and I've said what podcast it isn't so many times, so I just won't. But I was listening and the guest on there said, you know, back in the day, people who were far left were considered very intelligent. They were considered to be the uh, class that was, you know, just smart, open thinking, welcomed ideas, change, things along those lines. But that's not really true anymore. If you're on the far left or the far right, you scare the shit out of me. I mean, if you can't walk in middle line and see both sides and take it with a grain of salt and figure out what fits your experience and what lens you're looking at things through, my gosh, we are lost. And to that point, she said that whoever wins this election, and this is before the results came out, that if we were on a trajectory to where whoever could screw up the next four years to a point to where America is going to implode, we were already over the edge of the cliff before this even happened. So the point being, how do we get here? How do we get to where the office of the president is something that no one wants anything to do with? We get the worst of the worst running for this position. Is it complacency? I mean, I remember 
a conversation that I overheard in a mini mart in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where I don't remember whether it was an adult, but I just remember being a tween or younger as a kid and hearing this and just being struck by it. Someone said, we're going to be like Rome. We have all these apathetic people around here who just don't care. And it's going to implode just like Rome did. And that's our biggest threat. And then shows like Idiocracy come out. And we see all of these things that were predicted by Mike Judge in 2005 or four or whenever it came out coming true 16, 17 years later. It's like Hollywood has always warned us about where we're going to go if we just stop caring about the right things and start caring about the wrong things. But yet we don't want to listen because we're too busy telling other people what to do. And that's really what I've said in the past couple episodes is that no one focuses on solutions and neither side focuses on a damn solution. They'd rather just have a problem and have a reason to have funding for that problem. But my gosh, solutions, they cost money, but when they're gone, there's no reason to fix and fund something that's fixed and corrected. So maybe that's, that's part of it. I don't know really where I'm going with this. I mean, I'm mostly rambling. I just wanted to give you guys an update on what's going on. I tried doing dry January uh, work. I've been doing 50 to 60 hours a week on salary, so there's no incentive to work those extra hours besides my own edification and my passion for what I do. I really believe that I'm doing something big on the ground floor and building out some great infrastructure for the cannabis industry for those to be able to legally navigate the system and be compliant within their respective state and maximize profits without screwing over customers. So I think that is an amazing thing to be a part of. And I had a beer last night and I'm enjoying a uh, bottle logic one out of California. And my gosh, it is probably heaven in a bottle. It's very uh, vanilla forward, I would say the 2019 version of it. It's called fundamental observation. It's an imperial double is liquid brownie batter. And this one is actually the 2020 version, and it is an imperial-aged vanilla stout, imperial-aged stout aged in bourbon barrels with Madagascar vanilla beans. I mean, this time of the year, for those who are having a beverage now and then, is barrel-aged. I mean, honestly, don't drink these in the summer. They're heavy. Some of them even have names like 10W40 because they are thick, but they are delicious. But as I've said in a previous episode, it's a careful dance. And I was having a conversation with some friends that'll leave you with this. And this is where I've grown. As they said, you really can't just cut everything out. Everything that you've done, whether it's dieting, fasting, saving, not saving, spending, it's all been extreme. And wasn't I just talking about not being extreme? So this year, not a resolution. It's a promise. And I've done so. I'm not exercising every day. I did a little bit of yoga the other night, plan on doing a little bit before I go to bed this evening and also plan on doing it later in the week, but just getting back into working out and being mindful, not obsessing, but just being mindful about your decisions. And a coworker said to me, you know what? Everything in moderation, including sobriety. And so as this uh, 12, 13 or 14% beer settles in, I do have to say that the biggest lesson I learned this year was giving without expectation. And I know the holidays are over. I'm taking down my 31, 30,000 ish plush lights and putting those away for a couple of months. It seems like before putting up possibly 35 to 40,000, 
We left him up longer for things to be brighter. It seemed like the holiday just went by so quickly, and it seemed like the rest of the, the 2020 year in a nutshell where things were just so lackluster, but I sincerely think we brightened up the holiday for some people. We gave some people some hope, some sense of normalcy, and in that spirit, I'm still never going to be made of money unless I continue to pay off this, these student loans and pay off my debt like I have been in saving money, but I will say that for the first time ever, I was able to randomly help three friends out, and or actually three strangers out, and it felt great just to be able to give without expectation. I lost a friend in April, and his brother said something that I was doing wrong for 34 plus years was, when you give something to someone, don't keep a ledger. If you buy a friend dinner, don't put it in your memory bank and keep it on some book or tally. You can't do that. I mean, yeah, you're going to have friends that are going to take advantage of you, but that's where you learn to set boundaries and say, hey, let's go Dutch on this one. But if you mean to buy a friend dinner, or if you mean to give someone something, don't expect anything in return, because expectations only do one thing. They're set too high, and they fail you. I know I said one thing, and it's kind of a one-two punch, but I'll I really think that the podcast is going to be more successful if it's conversational. I sincerely appreciate the guest I've had on here so far, and I want to have some guests on here, including Terry and a coworker, Matt, who has been in the cannabis industry for a long time, and I plan to have him on in a future episode. Just have a diverse set of people who I think are interesting, who are going to help me grow as an individual, and hopefully when you come along for the journey, it'll help you grow. And I sincerely challenge you to hold me accountable to post more, like shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger on The Beard Winner, or go on Instagram to The Beard Winner and say, hey, Darren, put out an episode, you lazy ass. I mean, I know I'm busy, but sitting down and recording an episode and chatting to a microphone instead of watching something on TV for an hour to an hour and a half before I go to sleep is more productive because it feels good to talk and get stuff off your chest and actually feel like it's being listened to and I've seen the demographics of where this is being listened to and it's quite broad so I'm amazed I appreciate you getting the word out on the show any way that you can support me if you want to go to beardwinner.com click on support I don't understand affiliate marketing I'm not trying to make money on this so if you want to you can use the offer code beardwin to get percentages off on the various websites on there If you click the affiliate link, which I do need to take some time over the weekend to update through Amazon or whatever, you'll pay the exact same price, but it gives me a little kickback. And most of these companies are holding like the first $100 until they cash you out. And I've never been paid out by any of them. So it's kind of a a gamble, but all the products that I recommend, whether it's via Amazon with affiliates or the beard product that I use because my beard is getting freaking massive and thick and you'll have to see some updated pictures. I'll, I'll post one on Instagram tonight and I will actually post it. Um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's only going to be products that I personally use would recommend to friends and family. And if I change my mind and I find something better, I'll tell you about it. And I won't tell you to stop using the other thing if you like it, but I will say, here's the pros and cons and you always have me shoot it straight. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to listen in. Cheers. I'm going to have a sip of this beautiful tasting vanilla concoction that has been barrel aged. And I raise a glass to you, hoping that 2021 is fruitful, much more full of love, smiles, happiness, and joy. Until we talk to you again, 
This is Darren signing out.